Well, hi, I'm Dave Swerdlick from Uptown Podcast Studios and Story Cub Video Picture Books. But more importantly, yeah, I am a member of Ed North and EdTech Meetup Group located in the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Head on over to ednorth.org and learn more. Again, ednorth.org. I love this guest. What, what a personality. Uh, Kristen Daniels is her name, and she is the founder and CEO of Catapulted. And when you think of Catapulted, as I will explain, but Catapult ED, Catapult Ed. Love that. Nice job, uh, Kristen. And she is our guest. So what are we waiting for? It's the Ed North Tech Podcast. Kristen Daniels from Catapult Dead here on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Welcome to Ed North and the podcast, Kristen. Thank you. Good to be here, Dave. Hey, uh, you have uh, an amazing company and a long track record in, uh, in the education space. Could you tell us a little bit about it? I certainly will. So, yeah, I was a classroom teacher for probably eight years. I started in Chicago Public Schools. Moved to Minnesota, was an eighth grade science teacher, and in about 2006 or 2007, I moved out of the classroom into a technology integration support role. And that was, I think that was a really new role at that time. I actually had to Google, what is it, what is it, uh, what's the name of the person who helps teachers with technology? And so that was very new, at least in my school. Um, and I really have spent most of my career in that role, helping technology or helping teachers use technology in their classroom. Um, so you started well before the smart board. I did. Yes. Although I think smart board was around like 2006, 2007. I think maybe that was, you know, one of the very, very first wah, red shiny bells that everyone had to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've gone through 10, 20 iterations of that. Yes. I think I, I became a black sheep in my school though, because I really challenged them on what they were buying, and I liked the other major brand better. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, you know. So you went for the <laughs> GE instead of the Whirlpool. Is that what? You know, you got to look at the specs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was in Chicago for one year, and then I got married and moved here to be with my family. My, I grew up in Minnesota. You're an educator, and you you, you have a you started a, a company called. And I love the way it's spelled. Oh, if you thanks. look at catapult, catapulted, okay? So if yes. you look at catapulted, but it's spelled catapult and then capital E, capital D. That's right. Catapult Ed. Yes. How'd you come up with that? Well, I'm glad you like that. Naming is, is, is I don't know, it's a process. But I really wanted to stay true to who I was and... I had been using the word catapult for years because I always felt like education is so behind. And um, I worked for a school district that was behind even some of the other school districts I had worked in. And I said, we can't just go step by step by step by step. We have to catapult. And so ah. I, uh, you know, I didn't want to just name... I just don't want to name the company something that didn't mean anything to me. And so I wanted to incorporate. Plus, I think there's so many opportunities for us to catapult 
uh, to the next space, to the next. That's why I know. like it. Catapult Ed. Yeah. Catapult Ed. But Whatever ed. way. Sometimes I, I say catapulted.org because then if you're talking to someone. And, oh, and, sure. Yeah. You know. It's easy to say. You don't have to spell it out for them. Yes. Uh, which can be a, a challenging role for some people. Yep. Uh, and so tell us about what is Catapult Ed? So Catapult Ed is really a company where I am supporting, and hopefully as I grow, more people will be supporting schools and districts to build a process or a program in their own organization for innovation. And uh, one of the things, sort of the, the main thing that makes Catapult Ed different is that we use crowdsourcing software that's used by industry-leading corporate companies. Could you explain that? I mean, how, how do you use that in, uh, in what you do? How does that work? Well, it's interesting. I, and in my work, I've used a number of different platforms, or they call them idea and innovation management platforms. And the way I use it with my clients is my clients have a goal to either identify a good idea or a new opportunity or to really, you know, put their finger on the pulse of what people want and what people need, their stakeholders, whether that's students or families or teachers. And so the way we use it is we launch a question to stakeholders and we invite them to participate by sharing an idea. And uh, so the crowdsourcing software is great, um, and I really sort of uh, tweak it for education. Um, but the end result is that the stakeholders share their ideas and then prioritize them through the platform. And so could you give us a couple examples of, uh, of how it works? Sure. So I primarily use this process in – a number of different ways, maybe two or three different ways. One is just pure innovation. Like I have a school district in Minnesota and each year they've been doing this for four years now. They just turn to their students and their staff and they say, Hey, what's your idea for making our, our place better? What's your idea for making our student experience better? And so the students and the staff both say, I think we should be doing this. We need to be doing this. Here's an idea. And, um, Ultimately, those ideas are prioritized, but it's really the leaders, you know, the principals and the superintendents who are committed to moving the top ideas forward that makes the difference. They're the ones that need to take action after uh, all the data. Absolutely. And, but what's, what's great about the process is that uh, it's transparent. Um, so when the principals or the superintendents say, all right, wow, we've see, we see three or four or five top ideas, we're going to move, we're going to move them forward. That doesn't mean we're going to, we're going to implement them right away. That means we are going to, we might redesign them with the input of the people who supported those ideas. We might, um, test them, um, or we might just implement them right away. We call those quick wins. Wow. Uh, and when did, uh, when did you start this company? So the company is just about 10 months old. All right. Uh, June. 2021. Congratulations. Thank you. And you've got a school district already um, you're working with and some others. Uh, where do you see um, you going? Are you going to try and uh, 
kind of take over the Twin Cities, Minnesota? Are you national? Oh. Or what are you, worldwide? I, uh, I am national, actually. I, I work with clients in seven different states. So, uh, and I feel like the storytelling is important, the success stories. And so I hope that those kind of trickle out there and, and this podcast, for example, hits the right people. And it really takes the right type of person to be like, I can commit to that. You know, cause not everybody wants, <laughs> not every education leader will well, say that they can commit to doing that. Yeah, they don't want to be told what to do or, right. or, uh, or, or, or even a suggestion. It's, it's, it can be nerve nerve wracking to be like, Hey, I'm going to ask my students and staff what we should be doing. Uh, <laughs> could, could you give us some examples of what, what we should be doing? Yeah. I mean, it, it can be as simple as, Hey, the sidewalks in the wintertime are never shoveled. And that, that, that might seem like a suggestion box thing, but because there is this process for allowing people to share, that gets heard and, and done. All the way up to uh, schedule changes for students um, to make their experience better. Uh, for On the staff side, how we do professional development. Um, teachers want professional development that's relevant and meaningful. And there are, and that's sort of the world I've lived in. So I'm sort of an advocate for, for that. And there's always these themes of like, we need relevant PD. We need to, um, have a little bit more ownership of what we want to be learning instead of like the sit and get that a lot of districts have done in the past. Now caveat, I would say like the pandemic has really shifted a lot of how education leaders work with their students and with their teachers. So, and I think that's moving in a good direction. You're the technical Expert, right? I will say yes, absolutely, because I love that work. Are there any other services that you offer? Uh, because, boy, we we live in a digital world, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's just a great time for you. Yeah, well, so mostly what I do is I do manage the, the software piece, and uh, I'm also building, uh, with the help of a company in Minneapolis, a data dashboard or data dashboard, however you want to say it for my clients so that in the past I have sort of pulled out the data for them and put it into this static format. I want them to be able to click and touch and see the different things <laughs> and the different data pieces that can come out of an initiative. So that's new and I'm very excited about that. We're using Tableau, which is a great platform for presenting data and also, again, being able to interact with that data. But also I, I really coach the leaders, um, through this process, it does take a specific mindset. Um, so we do a lot of that work up front and throughout the initiative. Um, I have a good story about that too. And then the other thing I do is that I will support the leaders at the end with what they do with the ideas. So <laughs> they're like, well, now what? <laughs> you're there. You're, you're full service. It is. I like to say white glove. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your story? Oh, so yeah. So my story was I was working with a superintendent last year, almost like a year ago, and she wanted to, um, uh, she, and this is in my previous role, but doing the similar work, um, she wanted to uh, turn to her staff and say, what do you need to be successful in your work? You know, a lot of superintendents have this like money from the pandemic to use to fill gaps and um, make the experience for students better. And she was really wanting to support her teachers in what they needed to, you know, do hybrid or do online, whatever was coming our way. 
And the initiative started, and she called me up, and she's like, Kristen, they're not answering the question. And I said, oh, but they are. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, I love this process because it's so rich with information. And it just, you have to take a step back and and understand that behind every single idea is a pain point. Are are you saying they, they were intimidated, perhaps? To answer or no? No, okay. I think that they were really answering honestly, but they were answering <clears throat> too, not, too honestly. No, no, not they were saying like I don't necessarily need a, a new tool. I need this process to be different. I need this um, in our world to change, or I, I, I would. There's an opportunity here to do something different. So it wasn't about buying stuff for them, right? And so she wasn't necessarily getting this list of things that she could spend her S or money on. So it was just change, not... It was, uh, but it was beautiful input. And so then finally, so behind every idea is a pain point. I was like, behind every idea is a pain point. You have to see, like, how can you address that pain point? They're giving you an idea of how to do it. Um, and then after that, like the way she saw the, the, the ideas coming in and then the comments around each idea is such a rich part of it. So it is a social platform. Participants can share ideas, but then if commenting is enabled, there's the comments will either support, add to the idea, share a different perspective. And so, uh, you know, a month or two later, she said, that data, we keep going back to that because, you know, my, my cabinet has all of these initiatives and so much information came through that uh, crowdsourcing event that we can look into and to guide our our initiatives, our current initiatives. Uh, could you give us an example of some, I, I'm, I'm guessing you've come across some wacky, perhaps, oh. kind of, uh, <laughs> and when, I'm not asking to name names. I but, won't. But uh, I, I do have a funny, I do have a funny story though. Um, I'll, I'll keep the idea anonymous. Sure. And I'll keep the, the district anonymous, but it was a student event. And the students put in an idea, and it was harmless. It was actually um, had to do with food. And it was the top idea by, like, fourfold. And actually, (laughs) during this time, I was playing around with Tableau, and I was like, I really can't see the other data. (laughs) But it had to – I asked the the person I was working with, I was like, what's the story behind this? And that that leader said – Oh, there was a whole campaign. The students, you know, put posters up and they really want <laughs> they they want better pizza. But yeah, but but the thing is, then listen to the kids and and it's an opportunity for leadership to communicate and be like, "Okay, well, we have to meet nutritional guidelines, and so this pizza is filling this spot." Let's think about what else we could put there. I say it takes like a courageous leader who is willing to have those conversations, fill in the information gaps. So you acknowledge the pain point. I acknowledge that that pizza is soggy. Like I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you provide information to the participants. Like here's what we can and cannot do. And then you can move forward with how can we make this better? How can we solve this? How can we change this? That's uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. And uh, actually, it's not—it's not that surprising that kids uh, in cafeterias uh, and food—it's uh, always a theme. You know, I don't—I don't know if they're still doing corn dogs, but uh, <laughs> that was my. You know, and the thing is, is like sometimes as adults, we just dismiss that. That is like the most one of the most important times of the day for them, and they want it to be right. 
And so it's and, and also, important. I'm, I'm assuming that there's probably some underserved kids who, you know, didn't have breakfast and yeah. they're, they're, they want lunch. And, and they don't want it to be soggy. They want broccoli. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So food is always a theme with students. Always. And, and it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. What about on the on the teacher side? Have you seen anything kind of? Uh, and again, not to name names, but sure. wow, uh, this this is a, a either a wacky idea or an interesting idea that I never thought of or anything like that. Yeah, so I I can go back to when I was in a district and I was doing this work um, with crowdsourcing with the crowdsourcing platform. Um, and it has to do with a second grade teacher who it's funny. So we have this district wide event and part of my role as innovation coordinator was to communicate about it, encourage people. Um, and we want everyone to feel like they can share their ideas. And it was all staff. It wasn't just teachers. Um, it wasn't, it was everyone. It was transportation. It was health, health services. And I had a good relationship with a second grade teacher and, um, you know, we were talking, I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but she said something. I was like, oh, you should put that into the, the event. I won't name the event either, but it was, you know, you should put that into the, the, the crowdsourcing event. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh no. I was like, why not? Well, she ended up putting it in and it ended up being one of the top ideas. And so <laughs> she just laughed the whole time. She's like, I had no idea that my idea would resonate with people and they would want to see this happen. And so the idea is very simple. It was very obvious that this is something that could be done. And she just, she recognized that a lot of kids uh, didn't have someone to read books with them at home. And so she wanted to create these book bags with books, but also an MP3 player and a headset Mm -hmm. so that they could listen to somebody reading the book. And so this idea has has so in my mind goes crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, we could have like guest readers and we could have the superintendent read a book. We could have the principal read a book and kids love to hear those stories from people that they know and even people that they don't know. So it was a great, and it was, it was so low cost. It's basically buy a bunch of cheap MP3 players, right? You know, it's the organization and the time that's more costly. Yeah. It's all, all the loading and, uh, but the kids uh, loved it. And the parents loved it. Did they continue with it? You know, I don't know. I have I have lost touch with that teacher, but uh, I'm assuming that that teacher is still doing it. The idea that it could spread to her colleagues was a possibility. The idea that you could then incorporate or collaborate with older grade levels who could read the books to the students or in, for a recording. So, yeah, just that single project, there are so many different opportunities that come out of that. <laughs> I see in my brain. Where do you see see this this company moving towards? Oh boy! I mean, I would love to really expand in Minnesota. So, I mean, I love Minnesota, and I love Minnesota teachers and districts, and I know a lot of people that are in those districts. And but what I would love to see is that there is this understanding that we need to really tap into our stakeholders, our our teachers who are on the front lines of day-to-day work, they know the pain points and they have solutions. So part of my 
passion for this comes from, you know, my role as a tech integration specialist for so many years, being that in-between person. So I wasn't administration. I wasn't in the classroom. And a lot of the times I felt like I was a messenger trying to convey priorities and needs for, from the teachers to the administration. And, and I think at least in the old days and traditionally there's always been this gap of understanding gap of communication and maybe misalignment with, with solutions that are, that are implemented in the, in the schools. I notoriously district leaders will do their best to pick a solution and oftentimes, again, I say pre-pandemic, I think a lot has changed, but the solution gets implemented without input from classroom teachers or a broad sweeping set of classroom teachers. And a lot of information is missed that way. And so implementation is challenging and buy-in is low because people feel like the decision was made without their input. And so <laughs> this crowdsourcing platform is a great way to bridge that gap. Certainly there are there are implementations that are on the mark, but it's just about including people in the process and that makes your I mean it makes the the role of a leader much easier because they have the support from the people who are going to be implementing that solution. Tell us about student voice. Oh well it's a huge passion of mine and I think that when I first started doing crowdsourcing with with schools, it primarily focused on staff. And then um, as I continued this work, um, leaders were wanting to have student events where they're turning to their students. And I've always been an advocate for students too, but having this platform and seeing themes come up year after year, I just know that this is the time is ripe for uh, students to be a part of the decision-making of what their school day looks like. They're not dumb. It, it goes, <laughs> so it goes beyond pizza. Oh, they're so wise. They're so wise. If we just would give them avenues to share feedback and be a part of the solution and not just sending out a survey, like a survey is very static. It's very, you send a, out a B. survey. Yeah. It's, it's written with, with, I'm seeking certain feedback, so it's very closed. Um, and also the people who are submitting the feedback are doing it in isolation. They're not able to say, hey, Dave, this is what I think we should. Oh, Kristen, that's a great, oh, yeah, da, da, da. There's synergy when you have the opportunity to share your ideas about making your own future. <laughs> and I can only imagine that if one of the kids makes a, a- suggestion like that and it's implemented wow i mean it's like look what look what i did and it could be so easy or it could be something that's so needed and the leaders didn't know i love again themes are always coming up mental health always comes up from students like we need more mental health supports um and that comes from teachers as well and so you know, from my perspective where I am managing the platform and I am seeing a lot of that data, it's just, I get so much more inspired each time I, each time I do this, I'm like, we need to be listening to teachers. We need to be listening to students. Yeah. And students are great. And I've learned a lot more about different, uh, different groups around the, around the country that are advocating for students to be a part of that as well. 
And is there a particular uh, grade or, or level that uh, it's, it's best implemented? I primarily work with high school. Um, we can go down to middle school. So I'd say like, you know, middle school to high, through high school. And elementary, you would just get, uh, I wish school was shorter. Well, no, I, <laughs> maybe, uh, we don't use the platform with young, we don't use the platform with younger students. Sure. Um, but there's always a way for teachers to incorporate feedback and, and, and ideation from young students. So we, we use the design thinking or human centered design methodology where you say, what problem are you trying to solve? Like that's such a, such an important, uh, process to understand how you approach a problem. What problem are you trying to solve? What do the people who are experiencing that problem say about it? Or what do they need? And then what are your ideas for solving that problem? You can do that with second graders. You can do that with almost first graders. They might have wacky ideas, but they need to practice that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there's certainly some thought process in there. And, mm-hmm. and what it is, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, hey, if uh, someone would like to reach out to you, what would be the best way? So... I always can be reached by email. So that's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, at catapulted. Ooh, that was loud. Catapulted.org. Um, or, you know, I've really, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I know we talked about this before, but LinkedIn has become a great uh, space for sharing and having conversation around education. So connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, I do have, Catapult Ed has a page on LinkedIn as well. And I share most of my information there. Uh, I'm still fine-tuning my message on my website so okay but people could still check it out it's uh, catapulted.org that's right uh so i'm just saying catapulted but i love the catapult capital e capital d again that is um wow how'd you come up with that well i love the idea of catapulting (laughs) jumping over like we don't need to go step by step by step um, jumping over uh, into the future. <laughs> so, um, and also, if you take that on a micro level, uh, the the process of innovation, where you the catapult itself, the actual mechanism, you have a lot of potential energy, don't you? Like stored yeah. potential energy. And I believe so firmly that there's so much potential in our students, potential energy in our students, and in our our staff and our teachers. That's untapped. And so I think that was like the for it. You are so committed and and in a really strong, great, awesome way. Kristen Daniels from Catapulted, thank you so much for joining us here on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's been fun. one more time to Kristen Daniels, giving students and educators a voice through this crowd-based innovation. I love it. If you would like to be on the Ed North EdTech Podcast, just uh, email us at ednorthpodcasting at gmail.com. Got that? Ednorthpodcasting at gmail.com. Or uh, you can just hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Dave Swordlick, S-W-E-R-D-L-I-C-K. Good luck. You might have to replay that. Thanks again to Kristen Daniels, and we'll talk to you soon on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Mm-hmm.